Welcome to the Bag Mentality. On this podcast, we break down the box of the American dream and redefine success for a new generation. Interviewing the movers and shakers, the entrepreneurs, the creators, anyone out there making something happen in the world, let's get it. Welcome, guys, to another episode of The Bag Mentality. Today, we have Sean Hyde here. And Sean, uh, the first question I like to ask my guests before I put any labels or words into your mouth is, um, how do you define yourself? How would you like to be defined? I guess I would like to be defined as someone who is very genuine, um, driven, and authentic. Simple. Makes sense. You know, the reason I asked that question, and I haven't talked about this a ton on the podcast yet, um, is I really think that um, we need to have a conversation around, you know, how we look at ourselves and how we validate and value ourselves in our society today. Um, And as we delve into your story, and you have an incredible story, um, I just want to highlight that for people listening. Um, You know, it's not about... Um, where you're at in life, but you know where you're trying to be and who you are internally, and whether or not uh, whether or not you have a great position in the business world or you know wherever you're at in life right now, um, that is not as important as you know who the person that you create and choose to be internally. So um, yeah, let's let's dive right into it, Sean. So tell me a little bit about uh, about yourself, where you are right now. Sure. So right now I am a, a single entrepreneur as, as pretty much like a solo entrepreneur running a social media company um, by myself and trying to establish growth with inside of that company um, to be able to handle more services for clients and just trying to uh, extend my horizon more and more each day. Awesome. Awesome. And I, you know, you definitely have hit a level of success now where you, you know, you're building momentum and, you know, you're getting big on LinkedIn and everything. But, um, I know that, um, for a number of months and and maybe years, um, you know, you, you were, you were trying to figure it out in a big way. And, um, I know you were at one time, uh, homeless, right? Right. So tell me, tell me about. Uh, let's go back to the beginning uh, of your story um, and just start there. So how did uh, how did you end up getting into entrepreneurship? How did you end up finding yourself homeless? What was that sequence of events like? Sure. Um, so I started off as an entrepreneur when I came up with an idea to build a innovation platform called Inven, and. Uh, through that whole process, I was working at a renewable energy company called uh, Franklin Energy. And I ended up leaving Franklin Energy because things were starting to progress more and more with Inven until the person that I was partnered with, with the company, ended up leaving the company. And then I was stuck with trying to pick up all the pieces with everything that needed to be done. At that point, um, I wasn't able to pick up all the pieces in in time for uh, for for things to work out. So I had put all of my effort, all of my resources, and all of my money into that company, which ended up failing, which ended up resulting in me being homeless. And from there, 
Um, yeah, that I mean, that's pretty much how I became homeless. Okay, so to walk me through that, um, I know where you you came from the military, right? Initially, and then um, you know, came back right before before any of that happened. Right. So I was inside of the Air Force, and when I got out of the Air Force, I didn't really have anywhere to go. Um, my family was was in a lot of financial uh, turmoil at the, at that time because they were still picking up the pieces from the Great Recession because uh, my family is inside of the mortgage industry and the mortgage industry got hit really hard. So I wasn't able to find anywhere to live at the time. Um, from there, I just kind of tried to work my way through life living inside of my car all the way from Texas to uh, Colorado. And inside of Colorado, I, I worked as a waiter at uh, Olive Garden and uh, lived in my car, um, just you know, trying to make enough money to be able to find a place to live, but I wasn't able to do that. So I ended up uh, moving to or driving myself to North Carolina because I heard that there was better opportunities for, for work. And um, I ended up finding a job uh, with inside of the renewable energy industry, which was Franklin Energy. And by that time, it was like uh, two, two years that I had been homeless. And then um, I got that job, got a room with inside of a uh, house, rooming with three other people. And yeah, that's how I got out of being in my car for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> so you you went from the from the Air Force to being a waiter to living out of your car, worked your way out of that situation, found a job, and then ended up finding yourself back on the streets after your partner left you, right? Right. And so what was going through your mind at that time when you, I know you were building uh, the platform, um, f- forgive me, what was the, the name of the platform that you were building? Inven. Inven. Um, so what was going through your mind when your partner left you um, to pick up the pieces of that company that you had just left this job for? Um, and, you know, where where were you at when you um, when when you realized what you had to deal with? So having the experience of living inside of my car and living on the streets prior to this happening again, I was more prepared mentally than I was the first time. Um, I knew that I was going to be homeless. I knew that what was coming was just not good. So I tried to make preparations as much as I possibly could to benefit my situation as much as possible. And the way that I did that was I purchased videography equipment, like a, um, a stabilizing selfie stick, that I could attach to my cell phone to take videos of myself to be able to post on social media to gain the support of my followers and to gain more of a following to show and express the difficulties of pursuing your dreams and pursuing your passions as much as you possibly can. That's That to me is incredible, um, especially, you know, you really took the power of sharing your story um and to to an extreme like i mean you were living out of your car and i remember i think the first time i encountered your content i think eric didier of the the misfits had 
um, commented or, or posted something um, related to, to what you were doing. Um, I think it was on Facebook, honestly. And I, I noticed, um, you know, I started following some of your videos. Um, and I think that was before you even, you know, got to the place where you are now running your own business and stuff. Um, I think you were still in your car at that point. And I thought, wow, that's, a, that's incredible. Like this guy is um, like really fighting for his, his dreams and, and trying to make it work. Um, so how did, you, how did you think to start telling your, your story? Is that, is that what was going through your mind? Or were you just trying to make the best out of the situation that you were in? Well, I want to first off say, um, if you can send me that video, that would be amazing because I've never seen it before. <laughs> oh, I think it was something. It was something you. It was something you posted. I think he he engaged with it, so I don't know if he right. Made a video, okay, but, I think um, I do remember that. Um, I apologize. I thought it was something that he he created. Um, it. I I would say it's a little bit of both, to be honest. Um, I got the videography equipment because I knew that it would be more of a benefit to look at the situation with a, a glass half full, you know, um, there were situations, I mean, I, everyone goes through situations in their life to where they tend to make the situations worse by thinking in such a negative way that it doesn't allow them to come up with solutions to benefit them, um, at all. And I didn't want to be one of those people. I wanted to be one of those people that took a very negative situation that most people would really give up on and people who have killed themselves over because of these kinds of situations. And I, I wanted to take that situation and turn it upside down on itself and to really show people that you don't have to be down on yourself even when you have nothing. You don't have to uh, kick yourself down when you don't have anything the most powerful thing that all of us have is is our mind and we can either have it play in our favor or we can have it play against us so i wanted to really develop that part of myself in this very difficult situation and kind of test myself in a way to be able to show people that no matter what you're going through in life you can always find a way to get out of the situation that you're in or to make your situation better so you can get out of the situation through solutions that you've created for yourself. I think that's so profound and the point is illustrated by like your actual experience, right? I mean, I think people um, people like to believe that, you know, you everything stops and starts with the mind, you know, mindset can really change your life, change your reality, but it's not until you actually face some trial, some difficulty, some failure in your life, and you actually have to like confront it and realize that if you don't change your mind, like you won't get through it. Um, you know, obviously I wouldn't wish homelessness on anyone. Um, but like, how did that, you know, going through the experience the first time and then going back into it, how did that, um, shift your mindset to, um, you know, teach you how to capitalize on everything that you had available to you. To be completely honest, um, when I first, like when the, when the reality hit me, cause you know, um, the reality of the, of a negative situation doesn't really hit you until you actually 
find yourself inside of that situation. You know, you don't really mm -hmm. think about it that much because you don't want your mind to go into that dark place. Um, at the very start of it, I was very, <laughs> I was beating myself up about it. Like I, I was beating myself up more about it the second time than I was the first time because it was like, oh man, like I can't believe I'm in this situation again. Like what is wrong with me to where I'm finding myself in this situation again, a second time? Like, why am I such a failure? Why am I so stupid? Why am I making decisions that are just, just not good for my mental health and, and my physical health? Cause I'm not able to take care of myself. Like, why am I always continuously putting myself in these situations? Um, and what ended up happening through that entire, um, like mental construct of the way that I was thinking was that you know, as those negative thoughts came, so did the reconstruction of the way that I think about myself. And I started to realize and actually started to recognize a lot of the deep thoughts that I would usually ignore because situations wouldn't be as bad to where now I have to really face them. And now I have to really face them in a way that I need them to work to my benefit. And if they don't work to my benefit, then I could end up dead because there's nothing around me that would prevent that from happening because the only thing that could prevent that from happening at this point in time is my ability to be able to handle my own emotions to resolve the situation that I'm in. So I ended up having to just, like I said, reconstruct the way that I think about myself by first going through that negative aspect and then realizing the, the faults that I have with inside of my own mind to then reconstruct how I really think about myself. How would you say that your perception of yourself um, has shifted? Like when you think about yourself now and, you know, even coming out of, you know, obviously going through, through your, the difficulties that you went through, um, how has, how is your perspective on yourself different now than it was before going through that? I'm much more in tune with who I am now than I was before. I realize a lot of things that I was holding back with myself and ignored about myself um, that resurfaced when the reality of the worst case scenario actually approached my life. And um, that pretty much allowed me to just hone in skills that I needed to uh, develop that perspective of, you know, I can find solutions. I can, and I am good enough to be able to get through whatever it is that I'm going through. You know, like I view myself now as someone who's very solution driven, someone who is driven and passionate about what he, what he wants to accomplish. And I say he, because you know, I consider I was I'm talking about myself in third person, obviously. And um, I just feel that my own mind is very beneficial with the way that I perceive my own talents and my own potential now much greater than I was thinking about myself when I was first going through that situation. 
Yeah, so you really had to, and you know, were forced to through um, the the ordeal of being homeless and like having to figure out how to survive. Um, were forced to. Is it correct to say that you were forced to change, like the fundamental beliefs about who you are and what was possible for you? Oh, without a doubt, yes. I find that really, um, you know, really profound. And and I, for myself. Um, when I've been through, you know, difficulties in my life, when I've struggled with mental health and, and such, um, you know, and I think a lot of people out there, uh, resonate with this and experience this as well. Um, you know, there comes a time when you have to make a choice. Um, are you going to grow or are you going to die? You're going to stay stagnant. Um, and it, it's not just applicable to extreme situations. It's applicable to you know life in general because like you know everyone has everyone goes through shit everyone has struggles but um when you realize that you can change the beliefs about yourself it changes what's possible for you right and you you here here's the uh here's the uh, the uh the kicker with all of this i mean even now even still going through that entire situation I, I find myself like looking at myself i'm like what the hell is wrong with you you know you have all this work to get done but yet you're still not doing it look at where you came from look at where you are now and you're deciding not to do certain kind of work that you know is going to propel you forward like what the hell is wrong with you <laughs> but i mean everyone does that everyone does that and there are those select few that just don't do that but they're they're freaks of nature but they just have that talent to be able to push themselves more than other people but i, I think that talent can be learned though um, right i would right. i would say absolutely absolutely and it all just depends on um just how you grew up and the mentality that you had when you when you were around your parents and how your parents re reacted to certain situations when it came to applying work, 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 work ethic. And if you are that type of person to where your parents didn't provide you a lot of good um, representation of what work ethic is supposed to be like, and you had to develop that yourself, it is harder for people who, um, when they're getting older, to apply that kind of work ethic to what they want to do as far as their passions. And that's the kind of kind of struggle that I'm going through currently because I found myself in a situation to where I needed to really push myself way beyond the potential than I thought that I was capable of to get out of the situation that I was in. But now I'm finding myself to be in a situation to where I'm starting to feel like I'm being complacent in certain ways and I'm starting to feel like, oh, well, I'm not living in my car anymore, so maybe I don't have to work as hard. And that's dangerous. That's very dangerous. It's dangerous as an entrepreneur and as dangerous as someone who wants to grow into a life that is way better than when they first started, because that's never going to, that that's not growth mentality. And I realized that within, within myself and other people realize that within themselves, but it's all, it's just realizing it even more to be able to take action on it. No, absolutely. And I think that, I mean, being stagnant, being complacent, I mean, we all go through seasons in time when we, you know, go through spurts of growth, we make a lot of money, have a big success. And then, you know, especially for entrepreneurs, it can be very ebb and flow, um, just life-wise with the projects you have going on when you're, you know, working in more of the corporate setting, it's a little more even keeled and steady, but also your growth rate is capped, right? But, um, you know, going back to, 
your experience of you know using videography using social media to um to get yourself and, and pull yourself out of homelessness and and figure figure out your entrepreneurial journey um let's go back to that for a second because i just want to dive into you know how did you how did that sequence of events play out how did you use social media um as a tool to bring yourself out of that situation and make the connections that um, could propel you forward Sure. So when I was first using social media, I wasn't homeless and I was just living inside of the house trying to build up the, build up my, the company Invent. Um, but when, as I was building up that company, I started to realize the power of social media, the power of being able to express what you want to express to a large amount of people and then convey that message into a way that is very beneficial for your own personal brand, but not just for your personal brand, but just for yourself as a human being um, to have that validation of a lot of other people to say that your message is okay, that your message is being received in a positive way. And that means a lot to a lot of people. Um, when I realized that power, I wanted to utilize that power as much as I possibly could. Being inside of the situation I was in, living inside of my car or and living on the streets of North Carolina. Um, with that being said, um, like just just social media in general is just a very very powerful tool to that could change the lives of pretty much anyone um overnight or well, maybe not overnight depends on who you are but there are certain strategies where you can change your life overnight with social media but um it's just like uh you can really make a difference in your life just by being who you are and just by spreading the message that you have and by just expressing how you feel and how you view the world and the way that you think about entrepreneurship or whatever it is that you're really passionate about, you know, um, that's what really drew me to social media to, for in the first place, because I, it was like a, it was, it was almost like a support system that I didn't have inside of my actual real life. And I'm not saying that social media isn't real life. It very much is. Um, but it was like having a piece of me that was missing that was, that is now filled to where I can express myself in a way that I was not able to do before. And that was just really beneficial for me in general. Yeah, no, I I completely uh, resonate with that. Um, I think you know a lot of the reason I'm here today, and a lot of the people around me, my peers are are here today, is because of social, especially you know people in the younger generations uh, that I connected with are are doing what we're doing today because we were given the opportunity to tell our story and to connect with others authentically, telling their story. Um, and expressing their authentic selves on social media. Um, and, you know, it's kind of removed the gatekeeper from like what actually is valid as content and what you can put out into the world. There's no really any barriers anymore. Um, but the more you can be authentic and, you know, put out something that represents yourself into the world, um, the more people will see it and feel validated to do the same for themselves. And then it snowballs, um, but going back to um, going back to your journey, how when you were making videos, um, when you were living out of your car, what 
how did you how did you get out of that situation? What was it like, um, you know, actually like being in it and and trying to figure it out? Well, I have to say, first off, it sucked, it sucked ass to be honest. Like it's just it was like a terrible, this is terrible experience. I wish it. I wish no one would ever go through that. Uh, having to wake up in a parking lot and have other people look at you like 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 you know, whether they should help you or not bother you or anything and going for a couple of weeks without eating just drinking water to, and still having to work on a laptop to try and make something of yourself when you don't even really know what the hell you're even doing it's a really difficult difficult feeling to kind of grasp with it within yourself. But, um, I mean, <laughs> I didn't really have a choice. I, I did not have a choice like to go. I, I didn't have a choice to just give up. Like I'm not the type of person to give up, I'm not the type of person to throw in the towel when things get difficult because that's just not who I am. So I, tried as hard as I could to find solutions to things that I thought that I was good at. And if I wasn't good at it, I would learn as much as I possibly could from the people around me. And I was very honest with the people around me. When people ask me, like, what do you do? I'm like, well, I'm currently I'm trying to make it with inside of social media, living inside of my car, living on the streets. And people's reactions were just like, their jaws dropped to the floor. They're like, are you serious? Like you really living in your car? And then I, yeah, look, look at my YouTube videos, look at things that I'm doing. And being that way, being honest, being real with the people around me, not trying to demonstrate a like superiority that doesn't exist. Um, I was able to just get myself out of the situation because people were more inclined to help me. That's really interesting um, because, you know, the tendency is for most people is to, you know, drift towards creating a persona and putting a persona out into the world that says like, I am valuable because of this, or, you know, I, I'm coming into this job and here's all my accomplishments and here's, you know, where I'm at and whether or not like underneath the surface, um, that's a facade or like you're actually really struggling and hurting. Um, people think like you have to, you have to be something, um, for someone else in order to succeed. Um, but it sounds like the more like real and authentic you could be, um, you know, not that you wanted to be in that situation, obviously, but um, the more you like really stopped trying to create something that wasn't there and, and focused on like actually figuring out how to be you and make that work. Um, it seems like that that uh, that worked out for you in the long run. Yeah, I mean, it, it comes down to a few things and those few things are one. um be as realistic as possible with the people that you interact with, especially through business. Um, and to make sure that you, like, if you are to say that you are living in your car, if you are in that situation or whatever negative situation that you may be in, say that in terms of them knowing about it. So they're not, so, so they're not, so their expectations of you are not, 
beyond the limits of what you are capable of doing, not because you want people to feel bad for you. The one thing that I noticed the most when I was inside of the, my situation was the more that I took credit for everything that I have done in result of me being in my situation, the more people were inclined to help me and the more people were inclined to give me a lending hand and to motivate me to be successful because I didn't give excuses. I didn't complain. I didn't feel bad for myself. I didn't throw a pity party none of that. I just accepted my situation and the message that I would put out there was um, that I want to improve. I want to get better and I want to learn. Mm, I love that. Um, so going back to your, you know, the, how you got to where you are today. Um, I know you were working out of Starbucks and then like working, um, after hours, like plugging your computer into a, a, a street sign. Was that, is that correct? <laughs> right. That right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, from when I did have the car until I was out in the streets, I would go in, I would, uh, go to Barnes and Noble and they had a Starbucks with inside of Barnes and Noble or a little coffee shop area to where I could plug my laptop in, use their Wi-Fi until like 12 o'clock at night. And when I lost my car, I didn't have an option to go to that Starbucks anymore or to to that Barnes and Noble. So there was a local coffee shop around that closed at like six o'clock in the afternoon, which was like, uh, I could work a lot longer than that afterwards. So uh, the coffee shop had an outdoor seating area, but they didn't have any plugs on the out outskirts of their of their shop. So their Wi Fi would extend out of the shop so I could use the Wi-Fi, but I didn't have any way to power my laptop, right? So what I would do was I there was a street sign that was close to the coffee shop that I would plug my, my laptop into that street sign, allow it to get to 100%, take it, go back to the uh, outside of the coffee shop, sit down on the outside seating, and then work until it died again, go back, plug it in, and do it and recycle. And I found that I was able to get a lot of work done and it was just, <laughs> it was just a grueling, grueling experience. Cause I honestly, there were times where it would start raining. I didn't have any shelter for it. All I had was like a bag full of clothes. Right. And I would take my, like a hoodie and put it over myself and the computer so I can keep working on my computer without it getting wet. And you know, my back would get soaked, but as long as I could see, keep working, that was that that was what mattered to me. Man, that's crazy. So I know you like after that you you connected with a few people on LinkedIn, right? And and an author that kind of helped you um, helped you make some connections, right? Is that how you ended up getting out of that situation? Yeah. So. Uh, when I was in Barnes and Noble, I picked up a book called One Million Followers. It was uh, it was written by uh, Brendan Kane, and I had read the book countless times, trying to figure out as much as I possibly could about social media. And his book was a 
big eye opener with the amount of information that was in there that that really benefited to my experience with using social media. So I decided that I would contact him and or actually try and find him on LinkedIn. And I ended up finding him on LinkedIn, messaged him, told him about my entire situation, and he ended up uh, becoming a mentor of mine. And then I actually provided so much value for him on LinkedIn that he actually became a client of mine because I had, like, you, you have to understand, um, he didn't, he didn't bring me on because he felt bad for my situation. He brought me on because I knew what I was doing. He knew what I was talking about as far as LinkedIn and as far as social media, but he also wanted to teach me because he saw that I had potential in the, in being very successful, obviously going through the situation I was going through and still wanting to improve myself. Um, so <laughs> he took me on and like I said, he ended up becoming a client of mine and um, that really opened the door to me earning money that I never thought I would be earning in my entire life to uh, get out of my situation because he, uh, he just introduced me to a ton of people that were just way out of uh, way out of the realm of what I thought I would be able to, to you know talk to I think that's an that's an incredible story obviously how you you used uh, the book one million followers and then by connecting to the author to uh, get out of homelessness and like just incredible, but uh, also, you know, for people out there to, as a takeaway um, that with LinkedIn, especially no one is inaccessible. Like if you have something, like you said, he took you on, not because uh, he felt bad for you, but because you brought something to the table, like no one is inaccessible. If you have something of value, you can leverage your way into a relationship. And obviously you don't not, like, cause you want to use people, um, just for the sake of using people, obviously don't do that. But, um, like if you can bring, if you can be valuable to someone, like they're definitely sitting there on the other end of social media, not, not everyone, but uh, a lot of them will respond. And, uh, that's something that people just don't realize. Oh, absolutely. Um, it is all, it's all about providing value no matter what situation you're in, they want to see what, A, what are you doing for yourself if you are in a bad situation, and B, how can you make their life easier if they decide to invest into you and your skills? Absolutely. And I, I think, you know, mentorship, uh, mentorship has been huge for me. Um, and I think it's very underrated. And, um, you know, in entrepreneurial circles, it's, you know, it's something that's talked about. Um uh, but even just finding someone who has the skills or has the experience um, that you want to have or that can help you take a path you want is really important and, and almost necessary to some extent when you're taking a divergent path, when you're not, uh, you know, you're not taking a traditional path. Um, you can't find the, the all, everything you need to know from the education system, obviously. So um, right. and how you know, go ahead. A mentorship, if I if I can, um, <laughs> when people say like, oh, like, you know, oh, I want to find a mentor, like, oh, I want to find a mentor. I, I think I need a mentor. I think I'm at the stage in my life where I need a mentor. Is not really that. Yeah, <laughs> you don't find the mentor. The mentors find you. Right. 
you know, like, absolutely. It's not something you just, it's not like a book you take off of a shelf. Like these are people that you run into and then they end up becoming your mentor because you have proven a, a level of, uh, I guess, awareness with inside of yourself for them to want to invest more time into you to become something that they see in you that you don't see in yourself. That's so good. And I, you know, every major relationship that I've made with, with people, um, not every, but most, uh, with, with people who, you know, are ahead of me in business and life, um, has mostly come from the energy and the work that I was already putting out into the world. Um, and because of that, it, you know, you can say it attracts people, um, however you want to put it, but, you know, by, by taking action and doing something yourself, um, you make, you open the door for those kind of relationships to come into your life. Without a doubt. So for people out there who are, you know, I don't know, maybe homeless, but even if they're not homeless, you know, just going through difficulties, going, going through, um, hard times, um, especially, you know, on this entrepreneurial journey or, you know, whatever it is in life, um, what are what are one or two things that you would give to someone, um, you know, whether it's mindsets or or anything or, or lessons that you've learned um, that can help them change their perspective on themselves? It's a difficult question. Uh, the only reason why I say it's a difficult question is because it's nothing that I say is ever going to make such an impact on someone's mentality to change who they are that um, you know they would make those improvements overnight, you know, right. Or they would make those improvements just by hearing what I have to say. Everything that happens as far as growing mentally for people is they have to figure it out for themselves. Um, the only thing that I can say though, is put yourself in a situation where you're surrounded by people who are like-minded like you, um, really, make sure that you're inside of an environment that is beneficial to the way that you think and the way that you feel, the way that you express yourself and your life around you. Because if you don't do that, then you're going to be stuck in a situation to where you're actually decreasing your own value with inside of yourself and you're not capitalizing on the benefits that you could be providing to a lot of other people because you're not utilizing the full potential of who you are. Mm, well put, well put. So before, before I ask my last question, um, where can people find you on social media? And is there anything else you'd like my audience to know about you? Um, so yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn, Sean Heidi, Sean, S-H-A-W-N, Heidi, H-E-I-D-E. And you can find my company, Heidi Media. Um, from there, uh, the only thing that I could say that people can take from this entire conversation between me and you is that stay strong with who you are and learn as much as you possibly can about yourself and just yourself. Cause the more you understand yourself, then the more you can understand the world around you. And the more that you understand the world around you, then the more you can educate yourself on the things that you could potentially be 
and the way and the strengths that you have within inside of yourself to pursue those strengths to become something that you never thought you would be capable of being. I love that as self-awareness is, is so huge, so huge, especially, especially for anyone trying to create, um, you know, create businesses, create, create their own path and become them instead of just becoming someone else. You know, you gotta be self-aware in order to grow. Oh yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. I mean, people see all these other people like Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg. These people are themselves. They are who they are. There is no other person like them. And you know why? Because they focus on themselves. They focus on their strengths and they capitalize on those strengths. So you need to find your strengths, capitalize on them, and then really focus on how you can make the life around you in complementary to who you are as a person. Absolutely. And I would also, you know, I would add that a lot of those people, you know, like Elon Musk, and they, they've all gone through difficulties and they've all gone through a lot of growing pains to find out who they are and how to use themselves most effectively in the world. So don't assume that just because right now, you know, you aren't doing anything incredible with your life or you you know, haven't had that big success yet, that that has any implication on what's possible for you at all. And and it really, you know, it just means you haven't figured it out yet. It just means you haven't hit that level of self-awareness yet or had the right opportunity yet. Um, but that shouldn't affect how you define yourself internally. And it shouldn't affect what you believe is what's possible, what is possible for you. Well said, well said. So my last question, I ask this to all my guests, what is your bag, Sean? What is your definition of success? I'll be completely honest. I don't know what the definition of success is yet because I don't know what the definition of success is for myself yet. And I need to know what the definition of success is for myself first before I can even know what the definition of success is for anyone else. I'm still trying to learn that for who I am as much success as I have right now, I still haven't had that, that relief of mentality with inside my mind to be or to have that feeling that, you know, I've reached a point to where I want to be. So until I actually have that feeling or until I feel like I'm on the right path to that, then I could better answer that question. But at the moment, I'll be completely honest and not, not, I'm not going to give you a, a bullshit answer or anything. Um, I have no idea for myself right now. I'm still learning. I think that's totally, I think, you know, obviously that's an honest and authentic answer, but I think that's also totally okay to, you know, be, be aware that you're, that you don't know something yet and, and be on a journey to find you that instead of just, you know, trying to come up with something because you think you have to have the answer because, you know, sometimes the question is more important than the answer. Right. I mean, it gives other people the realization that they don't always have to have the answer to things that they may not have the answer to. And it's okay to not know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, Sean. Uh, it's been a pleasure, my friend. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. It's been another episode of the bag mentality um, go check us out. Go check Sean out on LinkedIn um, and check out some of his content, really powerful stuff. So thanks, guys. Wow. 
I'm so grateful you listened to the whole episode. I started this podcast, this company, this community to validate people who think differently and who want more for themselves and are trying to connect with other humans who feel the same way. If you resonated with this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on iTunes. Then go check out bagmentality.com and follow us on socials for our upcoming events. Go check out our Entrepreneur Resource Center where we aggregate the influencers, courses, and tools you need to build a business, build wealth, and build health. And finally, go check out my accounts, Will Preble, LinkedIn, and Instagram is where I'm most active. And if you message me, I will respond to everyone who DMs me. Remember, you are valuable. You are a one of one. Go out there and find your bag.